Oh, those lack of options reared their ugly head again. How did Patrick Mahomes' non-Kelsey weapons cost the Chiefs an opportunity to take one from the Eagles again? Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles make their way to Arrowhead. Can Jalen's knee hold up against the rush of the Chiefs' defense? And speaking of those defenses, it certainly was one sloppy game weather-wise in Arrowhead. How did that affect the play of these teams? And and which star-crossed defensive front stood tall in the face of the downpour? With the Eagles' victory against Kansas City, we look at how the Eagles stack up against the current playoff teams in the league. And how do those teams match up with Philly? Can they handle the Eagles? Can the Eagles beat them? All that and more as Sunday Scares with Bucks and Gee has a special extra episode this week to recap the Super Bowl rematch between Philly and Kansas City. Sloppy weather at Arrowhead. Eagles versus Chiefs. Oh, nutmeg. Would this weather be the downfall of either of these teams? Two of what we believe may be the best in all the NFL? Well, it wasn't quite (laughs) the perfect conditions that we saw that we had the last time these two played. But uh, what do you want? I guess guess that's happening. That's how it go. That's how it goes when you're out in the elements and not in a cushy state, cushy dome. Yeah, that's what you get for November football. <laughs> Recapping uh, this this rematch of Super Bowl Fifty Seven, was it? Yep. Yeah, Fifty Seven. <laughs> the uh, and this one, the, the the elements definitely played a significant factor from the get-go even before it kicked off the rains were coming down and it was going to get a little sloppy so okay maybe we're thinking the uh these teams aren't going to go back and forth and have the barn burner that we got in Mm -hmm. super bowl but i mean aside from that what was your overall impression to to what you saw out of each of them it's exactly what we talked about kansas city can't catch the ball Let's be realistic. If, you know, Scandling catches that bomb at the end of the game, we're having, we may be having a totally different conversation. There were multiple, multiple cases where these guys just can't catch the ball. Uh, Patrick looked off on some throws. This is not the KC of old. You know, Travis had a fumble. If you play them hard and play them smart, they are beatable. So Philly came in and did what they needed to do. Philly has some stuff to clean up themselves, but they played well enough and kind of maybe lay the blueprint for the other teams in the, you know, in the AFC to say, Hey, this is what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, speaking of cleaning some stuff up, Jalen Hurts got off to a pretty slow start. Um, he, I mean, he did have the benefit of relying on Deandre Swift, Swift pretty early in the game, but mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had a he had a the first pick that was kind of an odd play as far as it getting tipped and then maybe it got fumbled and this kind of phantom touch to the ground what have you. Uh, but th- he kind of got off to a I felt like Jalen Hurts got off to a slow start in this game and took a while to get going. Yeah, I think it was just the knee. I think his I think he was still getting you know in that weather the knee probably was tight. 
the knee's still probably sore. So he was trying to figure out, figure some things out. You could tell on some of his throws, he wasn't able to get everything into it. So I think Philly knew that's what they were going into and started early, you know, with Swift with the ball. I would have liked them to stick with him a little bit more, but at the end of the day, they relied on their defense and their defense were able to, you know, make enough plays. Yeah. And it felt like he took a while to kind of read the defense and get the ball off early on. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. With Spagnola's defense, that's what he does. He moves everybody around. It's constant movement. You don't know when the blitz is coming, where it's coming from. He was like that in his giant days. How how much of that was 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 strictly the schemes they were showing up and uh, Picasso v Picasso, or uh, how much of it had to do with the weather and trying to see through all that sloppiness and Pfizer clogging up and I don't think it was I, the, like. The weather played a part in it, but I don't think it was that much. I do think it was the, you know, the scheme. I think the Chiefs had a great scheme and was able to confuse Jalen on some some routes. Um, there was some miscommunication between him and AJ on a couple plays, but you know, they're football players. They've all played in the muck, played in bad weather, so they're able to they're able to over, overcome that stuff. So I just think it was the Chiefs' defense and. After a while, Philly figured out what to do and just enough to beat them. Yeah, speaking of that, we we this came up a couple weeks ago, I believe. Um, we're talking about, of course, Philly's the strength of Philly's defense is up front, not so much in the backfield, but they brought in mm -hmm. Byard, Kevin Byard from Tennessee, uh, to to beef up that deficiency, and he got his first pick. He, mm -hmm. he got his first pick in this one in the end zone uh, to stall out a Kansas City drive. So. What uh from a from that to dig a little deeper on the defensive standpoint, how do you think the defensive backfield looked against holding up holding up against Patrick? It got better as the game went on. Don't forget before the Bayard pick, you know he got lost in coverage there when they were in, inside the twenty and gave up that touchdown, you know to Kansas City earlier. So, but it looked like they were able to figure out what was going on, and it helps when Kansas City receivers can't catch the ball either. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there were some guys who got loose and Philly got lucky. So there are things they've got to tighten up. But I think they've played, they've started to play a little better. This was a decent game for them. wasn't great, but they made plays when they had to. Kansas City, um, we've, they're still near the top uh, with their contemporaries. And we'll get into that uh, in a bit, uh, in, in a bit. But as far as this this year's this team's defense compared to the defenses of other Super Bowl teams, last year's championship, uh, when they beat the when they beat the Niners, when they lost to Tampa, how mm -hmm. does this year's unit stack up as far as uh, being able to hold their own and maybe compensate for the offense's uh, growing pains? This is the best defensive defensive unit that's that Mahomes has had. Let's be flat out realistic. It's the truth. This defense is a solid defense. It's it's one of the more elite defenses in the league. There's no doubt. Philly was just able to figure something out and beat them. You know, uh, it's like with any defense. After a while, you go blow to blow. You kind of start to see some things, and you're able to figure it out. They had some penalties, um, but that's a great defense, you know, and they're they're going to be, you know, a unit to be reckoned with come playoff time for sure. But this is definitely the best defense they've had in the last three to four years easy. 
you think they're pretty well balanced uh, line of scrimmage and, and midfield to secondary, or do you think one particular part of that unit shines over the other? I think their secondary is probably the better. I think, you know, up front they're solid, but I think their secondary allows them a lot of coverage sacks. So I like, I like their secondary probably better than any other part of that defense. Uh, but they all work well in tandem. And like I said, Spagnola, Spagnola knows where to move them, where to put them. So, and they're young. They're a young defense, so they're only going to get better. That's that's scary considering the best overall player on the unit is probably still Chris Jones. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But you also have to understand that some of those guys have contracts coming up, so that defense in another year or two could be drastically different. Oh, we could be seeing a repeat of uh, those Seattle defenses of old. That had they had that rise, and then oh well, we got to pay everybody, and half of them are gone. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. Especially if they're young rookies, you know that four to five year contract comes up, and there it goes. So, um, so of course, uh, Philly eventually got their wheels under them. They pulled ahead in this game. Kansas City had a shot at the end, and as we've talked numerous, numerous times over this season. Had a bit of a fitting end, I suppose. Uh, Patrick's one of Patrick's last ditches to the end zone. He got tipped, uh, tipped and intercepted, and of course, it was to a non, a non Travis Kelsey target. <laughs> and I mean this, and this is like one of those things. Like, and I noticed throughout the game early on. It was when it wasn't Travis, it was Watson a lot. So, like, Watson was the primary non Kelsey guy. Mm -hmm. Rice didn't get a lot of play. Tony is not really out there. So, it, uh, for this, for this to end, like him trying to force it to mm -hmm. somebody else and it gets tipped and picked, it kind of was, uh, Harbinger, I guess, for lack of yeah. a better word. It totally was. They were basically doubling Travis all night and they dared. Patrick to find someone else to beat him. Now, Tony, you know, hurt his thumb in the game at one point. So, you know, he was in and out of the, he was in and out the whole day and everybody else really, except for, you know, Watson's touchdown was pretty much almost non-factor. Yeah. So um, I think they probably should have stuck with the run game a little more. You know, they were able to move the ball at least the, definitely through the first half on the ground and it just disappeared. And, it seems like they migrate over to Patrick's arm for the second half because he's supposed to be the piece that, you know, wins them the games. But they're going to have to figure this out. These guys can't catch. Yeah, can't I, wonder, catch. I wondered why uh, Pacheco was not uh, really seen in this one. And even McKinnon. I mean, McKinnon's more out of the backfield, but even he wasn't getting a lot of targets. No, and I think if they had gone to him more, to McKinnon more, they may have won this game. It would have spread out that Eagles defense even more. But they basically just said, all right, Patrick, throw the ball. And the Eagles were going to figure it out sooner or later, and they did. And you end up your last place fourth and 25. The odds of you basically, you know, converting that is like an Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary against Detroit on Monday night years ago. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. Can how, how long can they really go with? not addressing this and, and not figuring out how to develop these guys. Can they skate by the eight skate through the AFC uh, with Kelsey and like pray to all things holy that someone else is going to be moderately reliable 
or is are they are they destined for an early an early disappointment? No, they may be able to squeeze their way out of the AFC. They might. The AFC is still, you know, too inconsistent. You can't count on Miami. You definitely can't count on fraudulent the fraudulent penthouse of Buffalo. <laughs> and you don't know if the Chargers are going to make it, you know, so you have that. Uh, everybody else, you just – they're not strong enough. So, no, I still believe that Kansas City will probably come out of the AFC. But whoever they play out of the NFC, out of those top three teams right now, or four teams, they have an answer for them. So you think that uh, whether it's Detroit, wh whether it's Philly, whether it's Detroit, whether it's Dallas, whether it's San Francisco, any one of them could em employ the same type of game plan that Philly had had this game, and uh, be able to be able to have success in forcing them away from Kelsey and getting Patrick all out of sorts. Yeah, well, don't forget, um, Detroit beat them the first game of the season. Right. So basically, KC is 0-2 against the top four of the NFC. So let's be realistic. So they could probably skate by the AFC, but no. I don't believe the way this team is constituted right now that they would be able to hold up in the NFC in the Super Bowl against them. Don't think it can happen. They can't catch the ball. That's fact. Unless you're putting stick them on their hands, it's not going to happen. Like they have a problem. They they were on a buy, and everyone was like, "Oh, they're on buy. They should be able to solve these problems." That's what all these pundits and everybody's talking about. Oh, Casey will figure it out, and when they figure it out, they're going to be incredible and blah blah blah. Well, we're going into what week eleven, and you wow. still twelve, and you still haven't figured it out. Mm -hmm. You got five, six more weeks left. Come on now, no. So, what you have here is what Kansas City is going to go with throughout the rest of the season. And unless the wing bow comes out of retirement, they're out of luck. <laughs> um, that's now that could, we'll um, get into the, the, the nitty gritty as far as the other contemporaries in the, in the AFC. But it's funny how like we've been talking up how close the AFC is, how competitive it is. And we still think, okay, the likelihood of Kansas City getting through this is probably still great. <laughs> yeah, because you can't trust everybody. You can't trust Miami. Um, right now, the uh, AFC South, you don't know. Mm -hmm. You like right now, you don't know who's coming out of that alive. So there's a lot of variables. You know, Kansas City has enough weapons where I think they'll get through, and I think it's going to be on their defense that's going to get them through. But then once, you know, the big show hits, I don't think they can stop an NFC team. Yeah. Um, let's get into the nitty-gritty in the AFC real quick. Uh, can't, Kansas City now, they fall a half game back at Baltimore. Mm -hmm. They are tied record-wise with Jacksonville and Miami and technically Cleveland, although obviously Cleveland falls to uh, Baltimore at, the, at this moment. Um, the only reason they are still ahead of the Jags and Dolphins is because they have a half game better record in conference play. Okay. So you kind of would like that, that log jam is very ever present. So let's go one-to-one -one with each of these Kansas mm -hmm. city and Jacksonville. They played each other in the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. What you've seen out of Jacksonville, how does Kansas city stack up against them? You don't know what Jacksonville team you're going to get. They're Jekyll and Hyde. If you get the Hyde Jags, it's a, it's a it's a wrap. Kansas City will handle them. 
if it's the Jekyll, they could have a shot. Mm-hmm. But I still feel that uh, Kansas City's defense is strong enough to neutralize them. I just don't trust the Jags enough yet. So that could be a situation where they'll either wind up in a hole and they can't can't fight their way back, or mm-hmm. a situation where it's just toe to toe to toe, and obviously Patrick Mahomes, you don't want to get in the shootout with. Well, yeah, not if you're in the AFC right now. No, you don't want to. So yeah, right. that's the way it could go. <laughs> that's the way it could go. Yeah. All right, Miami one to one. They played each other a couple weeks ago uh, overseas. Uh, how do the Chiefs and the Dolphins stack up right now, head to head? If the Dolphins have a chain and everybody's healthy, could be a different result. I just don't know if Miami's defense will be a will be able to make the plays. It's not a question of the, of them of letting Kansas City outscore them. It's will Miami's defense be able to stop the prime plays, the Patrick rollouts and things like that? I don't know if their defense is there yet. What's the primary um, the the factor, so to speak, of Miami uh, not being able to just play up to and beat a quality opponent in general, let alone the Chiefs? I don't think they're strong enough defensively. I think they're just they're just a step behind. They just feel like they're a step behind on defense. On offense, you know, if they're given the time, they're they're one of the more explosive offenses in the league. We've seen that all year. Defensively, it just seems they give up the big plays at the at the wrong time. Defensively, that could be a significant equalizer against this the the, the Kansas City offense trying to figure out who the other targets are. <laughs> It could, but then the problem is, is that front, that front seven for Kansas City. Can Miami stop them consistently? Right. Can they hold up? Because if they get to Tua, it's done. Tua still, you know, kind of shaky in the pocket. Sometimes doesn't throw the ball away like he should. Happy feet. Exactly. Um. Now them versus the AFC North. So right, right now Baltimore's are first place. So we'll go Cleveland just in case. There's a we wind up with some kind of first round matchup, depending on how the wild cards fall. Uh, that, of course, has they've been a very vaulted defensive unit this year. They are number one in the league, or they were going into week eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how does how do the Browns, especially in lieu of Watson's season ending injury, how do they stack up one to one against Kansas City? Stop Cleveland's run, and you stop Cleveland. Cleveland hasn't shown they can throw the ball. We have to we have to see the young kid, this young kid, throw the ball. Yeah, You know, if he can't throw the ball, at least put up 250 or so, a couple tutties a game, that's what he's going to have to do. Like, if all Cleveland is going to do is run the ball, mm-hmm. sooner it, you, the Chiefs are going to just eat that up. You got to be able to mix it up. So Cleveland, right now they're a one-trick pony until proven otherwise. Yeah, then DTR looked pretty good against the Steelers, but going up against Kenny Pickett is a lot different than going up, up against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the Steelers are a paper contender. Right? Like, let's be realistic. It's nothing. It's nothing awesome to say you beat the Steelers. Like, you know, they're decent, but it wasn't like ooh, you know. They got to be able to throw and run. That's they need to be a, a complete team. Is the only team that's going to beat Kansas City, and Cleveland isn't complete. Uh, speaking of that, uh, definitely more complete than Cleveland right now is the Baltimore Ravens, who's ahead of them and ahead of Kansas City as well. At the moment, uh, only a half game because 
Baltimore still hasn't had a bye week. <laughs> um, yeah, right. They uh, they their their work they're gotta move forward past Mark Andrews who got hurt uh, this mm-hmm. week on Thursday, and and Lamar still played quite well. So is this the type of explosive type of quarterback and uh, above average to stout defense that can that could give Kansas City a, a run for their money uh, dead. They could, as long as Lamar doesn't make mistakes. He's got to got to play mistake-free ball out of the pocket. We know he can run and all of that. That's great and all, but he's going to have to throw the ball, and it's going to have to be mistake-free. You know, it's, it's going to probably be the true test of him as a passer because he's going to have to throw the ball. So do you think that Kansas City would uh, really load up on the run, take, take try to take Lamar scrambling completely out of the game and just be like, okay, kid, throw it? You have to, yeah. It's just like teams try to do with with Mahomes. You know, you try to take away the scramble, even though he's still able to. You've got to account for that. So I don't know what Baltimore's not going to leave him and leave him in the pocket and say, "Here, you have to throw it." Like he's there are going to be times where that pocket does break down and he does scramble, but he can't make the foolish throws like he's done in the past. And you know, two interceptions, a fumble here and there. He's going to have to play mistake-free ball. And, you know, they said there's an outside chance that Andrews could come back by the end of the season. I don't see it happening. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to make sure you've got somebody coming in at tight end that's going to help spell Andrews and give Lamar that comfort, that comfort in, you know, the short passing game. Yeah. Um, and, And so if I'm connecting the dots out of the four of them, do you think Baltimore is the, the stiffest test for Kansas City right now in the AFC? Yes. As of right now, yes. I think Baltimore is built the best to challenge them. Don't know if they're going to beat them, but I think they defensively, they're better. And I think if they truly limit the mistakes on offense and, and play mistake-free, yeah, they've got a chance. Let's kick it over to the NFC, uh, how Philly stacks up now. They obviously maintain first place in the conference with the with the victory. Uh, mm-hmm. Nine and one, which is one game up on Detroit, two games up on San Francisco. Then they mm-hmm. have to play the Niners in two weeks uh, from now. So uh, how important was this game, not just from a mental standpoint, to say, okay, we can't beat this, we can't beat this team, mm-hmm. uh, albeit uh, – late November game still different from a Super Bowl, but you know, it's it's still the, the team in front of you and the core parts are the same from what you played in the championship. Um out outside of winning this game from from that mental standpoint, how important was winning it as far as keeping pace with Detroit and and the Niners? Oh important, you know, the number one seed's important. You get, you know, you get the buy. Like that's what you shoot for. It's not like it was in years past where the one and two, you know, get a buy. So you you want that buy. That's key. You want to be able to say, if you want to go to the Super Bowl, you've got to come to our place and beat us. So it's highly important, you know. I think it was good for them to come out of the buy and to get a win from a quality opponent. It wasn't like they came out and played, you know the Giants or something, you know, blew them out by 40 points, you know, because that does nothing for you. At this point in the season, you want to be, you want to start playing your best ball. You want to start to see what you're, where you're at, what you need to fix come playoff time. Playing someone like the Giants or something like that does nothing for you. 
yeah, pads the stats and gives you a win, but it, it doesn't make you better. So I think out of the coming out of the bye and playing Kansas City was the perfect thing for them. Yeah. Now they can look and see, all right, this is what we got to clean up. Jalen's got to get healthy with the knee. But I think they're on their way. Yeah, t t certainly, t <clears throat> certainly, certainly take this one quality-wise over, like you said, the Giants, Carolina, the Rams, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, like you play them, who cares? What do you do? You know, at that point, you'd rather play them the last game of the season because you know you've probably already wrapped up the number one seed so your backup guys can get as much time as possible, start resting guys. And there you get like a two, week, two, two buys. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You play any of those teams, it's an, it's an automatic buy. Just why even bother? Yeah, so let's let's do what we did with Kansas City. Let's take Detroit. They're right on the heels of Philadelphia. Right now, from what you've seen uh, out of Philadelphia, really in this game, because this was kind of the folk, this is kind of like a good representation of how the season's gone, but mm -hmm. the season as a whole as well. How do the Eagles stack up one-to-one -one against the Lions? Or I should say that vice versa. <laughs> The Lions are the young are the young kids on the block. So right now, they've they've never been in this position. Right, you know they're they're, 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 they're not looking for the number one. No, they're not they're not looking like they they used to with bright eyed and bushy tailed lions. <laughs> no, no, they're a lot they're mature and they're they're ready to take on whatever whatever comes their way, which is impressive. So it's just going to be an experience factor in that game. It would be. Who makes who makes the most mistakes? Because I feel that if you match up the rosters, they're very similar. You know, they have great defenses, um, great run games. Though I would maybe say the Lions have are a bit more explosive in the run game. Yeah. You know, but I think Philly has Philly may have an overall better wide receiver core. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day. It's going to come down to who makes the mistakes. Both the quarterbacks are Super Bowl, Super Bowl quarterbacks. They've been there. It's whoever makes the least mistakes. So that game, that game would be very good. Yeah, and you know Jared Goff wants a mulligan from his last Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly. So, and they don't fear anybody. The Lions are going to go in wherever they go and say, "Okay, let's do this." They have no fear. They believe they can win anywhere. Yeah, and like you said, that their receivers are definitely more uh, uh, Phillies are definitely more tested because outside of Amon Ronce Brown, the yeah. Lions the Lions receivers are are good. They're potentially explosive. They're good. Some of them are good security blankets for golf, but they're definitely mm -hmm. not Devonte Smith and AJ Brown and even the yeah. ghost the ghost of Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, though Goddard being out. Yeah, I think is interesting. You know, if he doesn't bounce back in time to come back, then I then you know they have definitely the Lions have the edge at tight end, and you know that's going to be important, especially in a game of that magnitude. Right. And uh, next, ne the other another team, the the matchup against the Eagles one to one is the Niners. Uh, they certainly look like they've shaken off what ailed them a few weeks ago. So based on how they've kind of kicked that bad streak, how do you think they stack up one-to-one -one against Philly? Brock Purdy is the X factor point blank. If the Eagles get to Brock Purdy, then I think the Eagles win. That's, that's what it comes down to. Now the Niners, you know, front seven, unbelievable talent, Bosa, Young, Hardgrove, all those guys, incredible. 
you know, I'm sure the Eagles will be able to scheme something to kind of keep the pressure off. But if the Eagles can get to Purdy, then the questions become what truly is Brock Purdy? Is he just like a regular season, you know, great quarterback and postseason he's flakes? Yeah. You know, so is that it? Is he going to be go down as one of the better regular season quarterbacks of all time? And then when the playoffs come, he chokes it out. Because if they don't win it this year, the Niners, there's going to be questions. Like, they're built to win now. Huh. Like, you know, most people, most pundits would probably say it should be the Eagles and the Niners in the NFC Championship game, and whoever comes out of that can handle can handle KC. Yeah. How, how much uh, Jekyll and Hyde, like we talked with Jacksonville, how much of that do you see with Brock Purdy? Or do you think he's a bit more consistent? As long as Brock Purdy has his weapons, then he's good. I think you kind of saw him see how much he's dependent on Debo. When Debo was out, you kind of see Brock kind of struggle a little bit. But he also needs to understand that there are other guys on the field and he needs to be able to distribute the ball all the way around. You know, when you're playing subpar teams, you know, and you're putting up the stats, yeah, everyone's going to call you great, but you got to do it against the prime teams. Even as a decoy, because there were plenty of games where Debo – was not jumping out in the stat sheet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, out there. You know, they can run the ball. You know, the defense is great. It's just pretty, just as long as they keep them upright and delivers the ball, they got a great chance. But if they can get to Purdy, then it's going to be interesting to see. Do you think they have the better defense than Philly? Or do you think it's almost a draw right now? Philly has improved this, and they, they have improved their secondary with Bayard, and their line is, is very good. I think Philly is more battle-tested. I think that those guys know – the defense knows how to gut out a win a little better. I think San Fran is all – and I don't want – it's going to come out wrong when I say it this way, but hopefully people will understand it. It's glitzy. Yeah, they get the stats. They get the sacks and stuff. And, yeah, they're dangerous. no doubt that that front end, that front end is dangerous. It helps that secondary immensely. But when it's time to really buckle down and win a game and make that stop, I don't know if they can. Now, last year was a little different. You know, you went through four quarterbacks in the playoffs. You know, it's a little different now. Hopefully your line will hold up. If you play the, you know, the Eagles in the conference championship, you won't lose Brock Purdy you know, halfway through the game, but mm -hmm. those Eagles guys, they're fast and they've got enough guys on that rotation where guys are coming off the bench and coming at you. And of course, last but not least America's team, <laughs> there's one more game that Philly has against them and they're a little further back in the, they're in the standings. So it doesn't look quite as close that Dallas could catch them for the division. But that doesn't mean they certainly can't play them in the second round or even championship Sunday. Mm -hmm. So how do these Cowboys stack up against their rival the Eagles? The Cowboys have talent everywhere. They just have to they just have to play and do it. Like their their talent matches up with pretty much anybody in the league. They have talent. They just have to do it. Like let's let's be realistic. If you go down that roster and match it up through the defense, the offense, all of it, they match up well, extremely well. They just have to. They just have to produce when the time comes. 
we haven't had the opportunity to really talk too much nitty gritty on the Cowboys lately because they mm-hmm. haven't been playing great competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they've just kind of been rolling by people. Um, right. But how 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 much better or maybe worse, but I, I, I would guess better right now is that defense with Bland than Diggs because Bland obviously is a little bit more of a sounder corner. He's not, he's not going to have the explosive plays that Diggs is going to have, of course, but he's also not going to take all those chances and they're, they're probably don't have as many gaps for an opposing quarterback to uh, throw past them. No. And you said it, that's what it is. Diggs is an all or nothing guy. He's either going to get the pick, make the spectacular interception, or he's going to give up the 70-yard bomb. He's an all-or-nothing guy. And that's great when you're cashing in on it and getting those picks. But, you know, if it's a close game and you miss and you give you give up that 30, 40-yard, you know, touchdown, then at that point you've done nothing. You're no good. So I think with Diggs out of the lineup, they've learned to adapt. And they've become a more cohesive, you know, secondary for sure. They don't rely on digs to make the spectacular play. Like if they give up a 10, 15 yard play, that's fine. They know how to adapt. Fix it. Fix it. No problem. Plus with that, that front seven, that helps them. That's really helps that secondary immensely. But with Bland, you know, he's, he's playing great ball. So to all credit. Um, similar to how we talked with San Francisco, uh, last point, um, Dak, we, we know is, uh, uh can be feast or famine with turnovers, but how mm-hmm. does this Dallas's defense Matt, compare to this Philly defense? Which one's the stronger unit? Wow. You were a big fan of Dallas's defense for much of the early yeah. of the year. Don't def- no, definitely. You know, they're fast. They're young. Um, they make plays. You know, Michael Parson is unbelievable. Um, but I haven't seen this defense win dirty. Again, I go back to that. Philly's defense knows how to get a stop when it has to. Dallas needs to do that against a really quality opponent. You know, like right now, everyone can look at this game that Philly played against KC and say, okay, these are probably the two best teams in the game. Philly handled them. Right now, Philly may be the favorite going in for the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. Dallas, Dallas's defense needs to be that way. Dallas's offense needs to be that way. Make the plays when you need to. You know, throw the ball away. Live, live another down. You know, Dak doesn't have to try to force the ball to CD and things of that nature. Dallas has the talent but they have to play smart and the play calling. Let's be honest. Not everybody's a fan of Mike McCarthy and his play calling. Let's be realistic. He does at times, you know, cause some questionable plays. So it's up to Dallas to decide what becomes of this. They either play smart and have, they have the talent to beat Philly or they go into that postseason Dallas mode one and done. Dak throws two picks. There's a fumble. They just can't move the ball. And Philly just handles business. Well, you know we handle business every every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. Tune into Sunday Scares with Bucks McGee, premiering on both YouTube right here and on Rumble, and of course our audio sidecar show on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, our Super Bowl rematch is in the books. Philly gets one back. We'll see if that'll last 
Uh, and they'll get another shot for all the marbles as the playoffs continue. Bucks McGee, take us off here. Oh, Swifties, don't cry. It's okay. It's all right. You know, you're not supposed to win everything. Not every game's going to be like a Grammy. It doesn't happen that way. You just got to be strong and toughen up. You'll be okay. Nutmeg, as always, good times. Pop on some Taylor, man. Good times.